The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are simply that, opinions. All are presumed innocent until proven otherwise in a court of law. Sensitive topics are discussed. Discretion is advised. On this week's Court TV podcast, it took three days, but the prosecutor finally ended his opening statements in the Robert Durst murder trial. Was it too much, or did he lay the groundwork for Durst to finally pay for his alleged crimes? Plus, we'll discuss the latest developments with Doomsday Cult Mom Lori Vallow and the dating app murder trial. This is the Court TV Podcast with Vinnie Politan and Seema Iyer. Welcome to the Court TV Podcast. Great to have you aboard. I'm Vinnie Politan along with Seema Iyer. Seema, great to see you. You're smiling again. Great to see you. We are back in our podcast mode. Uh, we're all Purelled up. Certainly, of course. Because we're dealing... <laughs> <laughs> with some constraints of the Kano. Yeah, you have to, and everyone just has to be smart about it. Which, yes. Which is why I'm sitting six feet away from you, You're because you traveled around the country feet. covering all these cases and digging into these files in these dirty courthouses well, around and, the country. And excuse me, where was... And I stay in our pristine studio. Where was our Weinstein New York City studio? Where? It was in, in uh, Chinatown. In Chinatown, absolutely. Yeah. It was so right there. People are uh, accusing me of being patient zero, but I'm not. But you're not. You're not, not at all, and there's no problem there. But I'm definitely think... not as much of a germaphobe as you are. You're, no, I'm definitely you're, more. You're, you're a bit of a freak. But I'm smart. I'm smart about it. That's all. Yeah, but I don't think you need to uh, wipe down the anchor desk every evening before you start I your show. I did that before Corona. I know, I know. You win every night. You win. I don't. I mean, who are these I, people I, I that are in the to, studio all day? I don't know them. Who are these people? One of them is me. You're looking at her. No, and, but you, these guests—they all oh, come the in. Guests. I don't know where they've been. Most of them are criminal defense attorneys, so they're hanging out in jails with their clients. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's of course true. the first thing I do when I get in the studio is I wipe down the set. Of I'm course. always worried you're going to win next to me one day. Yeah, because you spray that everywhere. Okay, what's happening today is Durst. We are taking a huge breath after the three-day opening statement by the prosecution. Record setting. Do you think it's historic? It, it absolutely is. I've never, and he took over the course of, of two separate weeks because it started in one week. Then there was a Friday off, Saturday sure. off, Sunday off. And then we finished the thing the following week. Like we have to remember what you need is one of those previously ons. Yeah. Before he began the last part of his opening statement. He kind of did that. That's a great point. He kind of did that Monday morning by saying, okay, let me just recap a little. So he exactly. did a little bit. He is producing a mini-series inside that courtroom. And, and it was well-produced. It really was. I think his main objective was to tell the story about how it all began with Kathy Durst's disappearance in 1982. That, of course... Uh, was the wife of Robert Durst, and that happened back in New York. And then he goes forward in the storytelling, weaves in the victim of the California case, his longtime friend, Susan Berman, and he brings her into the story and how she helped him navigate, helped Robert Durst navigate uh, Kathy's disappearance. And we know it's fascinating to me. I was like, well, why would Susan Berman do that? Like, who is this, who is this woman? Mm -hmm. And part of his opening statement was explaining who she was. And she was the daughter of a notorious member of Murder, Inc. Yes. 
Yes, and I, I mean, think this is I, like so. She grew up at least to a certain yeah. age with a dad who was kind of connected to this uh, underworld. Underworld, right? So her dad was a mobster, and I think it was a crucial part of the opening statement, or at least some insight into Susan Berman, because, and I just, I, yeah, I know this from being a criminal defense attorney, is that when you are part of a family of criminals. You just have a different set of morals. And it's not good or bad. It's just that you have more allowances for criminal behavior. Some of us are black and white. It's just, nope, you're a criminal. I want nothing to do with you. Uh, some people would never be friends with a criminal. I'm one of those people, you know. But other people are saying, hey, yes, this person's a criminal, and they may engage in racketeering or money laundering, but they're a good person. Right. She loved her father. Loved her dad. But and but she understood what her father did. So that's how she could be. And this this really resonated with me. That's how she could be friends with Robert Durst, knowing what he allegedly did mm -hmm. and, and still be friends with him, knowing this this past and knowing that, um, you know, the, the being a, a criminal or a killer doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. I mean, I can't believe I'm saying that, but but from her perspective, I can understand it. I can absolutely understand it because people are not just um, single faceted. There's different yeah, different right. parts to people, and uh, to me, that was the mystery going in: is why would this woman keep well, this guy secret uh, if she actually had it? But we don't know the extent of the relationship between Susan Berman and Robert Durst. Meaning, okay, so Robert says they're just friends, but we don't know. Maybe Susan Berman had feelings for him. I know she had a lot of money problems. He would help her with money. So maybe there are more layers to this relationship that we're going to uncover. We do know that the prosecution expects to call approximately 13 witnesses that are going to say, Susan said this. Susan said that. Susan told me she was the alibi for Robert Durst. Susan uh, told me that if anything happens to me, Bobby did it. So that's just an example. Yeah, and and to me, that's that's powerful stuff. But it, it's also hearsay, isn't it? Well, <laughs> isn't that isn't that part well, of we, the? No, we talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast. I know that I know. it comes There's... in under the exception forfeiture by wrongdoing. Right, but it is hearsay. But it's an exception to the hearsay it rule. Is, yes, it is. Right, so it 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 gives a, a distinct advantage to prosecutors in this case because Susan Berman cannot be cross examined. So the statements that she right. allegedly made to someone else out of court, you can cross examine the person who says they heard them but you can't cross-examine the person who allegedly uttered them, which gives, I think, a big advantage to prosecutors. And, you know, California rules yeah, without, are what they are. Without a doubt. I mean, advantage prosecution. The other advantage to the prosecutor's case is that they get to bring in the killing of Morris Black, which, hello, uh, Robert Durst went on trial for his murder and was acquitted. But now... The prosecution in L.A. is going to say he, in fact, murdered Morris Black. Right. Despite the jury in Galveston, Texas, that listened to all the evidence and listened to all the witnesses, it was about 16 years ago, uh, saying not guilty. Now, you can agree or disagree with what the, the verdict that the jury gave, but that's the way our system works, which, again, another huge advantage here oh, to the prosecution. I think this is bananas. That you're bringing in a killing that you're alleging is a murder that he was found not guilty of. I think it's bananas.
this is very much, as a defense attorney, disturbing to me. I don't understand California. Okay, so the theory— You're going to explain California to me now? A little bit. The theory—well, okay. uh, the theory, uh, well, it is the wild, wild west. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, They're such a literal state. Figuratively, yes, they, yes. They give the prosecution a lot of advantages here. Sure, sure do. So with uh, Black, Morris Black, uh, the prosecution's theory and how it's being allowed under is that it was the same— uh, common design or plan. How, why Susan Berman was killed, why Morris Black were killed, in essence, was all under the umbrella of trying to hide the fact that he killed Kathy Durst. Yeah. It, to me, it, the, the story that the prosecution laid out in his opening statement makes tons of sense to me. To me, it's more about the procedural uh, way yes, that we're yes. getting to to where we are. But it's amazing. I, I, I'm ready. Okay, so next I want to ask you, what does the defense have to do in their opening statements? We'll mm. be right back. <laughs> For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. The prosecution in California versus Durst gave a historic three-day opening. So now the question is, Vinny, what does the defense have to show? Let's listen to a little clip from the prosecution, and then I want to hear your ideas. When Bob Durst killed Kathy... He killed Susan and Morris as well. Because once that happened, once he did that, there was no turning back. And Bob Durst, as the evidence will show, is a person who's going to protect and take care of Bob Durst. So it's a pretty clear-cut picture. The DA gave a three-day opening, basically laying out all the evidence to show that Bob Durst killed his wife, killed his neighbor in Galveston, Texas, and killed his friend in L.A. I am afraid for this defense team. What can they possibly do? Well, I think I don't want to give them any hints here, but they don't need them from me anyway. They're well, happening experience. right now, they're giving their. Yeah, open, exactly. So. But, but the bottom line for the defense is I think you have to take a completely different tact. I mean, prosecutors, 100 witnesses, months of evidence, three days of opening statements, make the case more simple, right? Make it simple and, and, and explain to them the, you know, about what isn't here, the evidence that isn't here. Um, you know, they're saying he murdered this woman in New York. Well, the folks in New York aren't saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and they're saying he murdered somebody in Galveston, Texas. Well, the jury down in Galveston, Texas didn't say that. So, yeah. um, you know, try to make it much more simple and make it look like a reach and make it look like, hey, they're just looking to trying to turn this case into um, what it is, which is like some sort of Hollywood production. And, and it's more about movies. They're, they're showing you Ryan Gosling as evidence in this case, ladies and gentlemen. Really? Ryan Gosling as evidence? Evidence of what? Evidence that... It uh, wasn't even his best <laughs> movie, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Durst I'd got like an to upgrade. show you the notebook. <laughs> 
That is a yeah, good movie. Right? Yeah. I, th- yeah. That's what I would do, but uh, but I wouldn't do it because I would never defend Robert Durst. Okay, you know that the uh, at some point during this trial that the jury gets to watch the whole movie. I know. Things. Isn't that great? It, it, it is oh fantastic. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. But Ted Rollins and I would be with our Pinot Noir and Skinny Pop. But since it's evidence in the row. case, that means we can show it on Court TV. Jury box. Yes. Okay, let's have a movie now in Court Wait, TV. I, tonight on Closing Arguments, <laughs> okay, Ryan okay. Gosling. Okay, now you, I'm telling you, even though I know you don't want to give the defense tips, I think you hit it on the head. I think that is the defense is subliminally taking your advice because that is what I think they're going to do. Uh, that this is a Hollywood production. And I, and I also just, let's go back for a second to what this same defense team did in Galveston, Texas to successfully defend Robert Durst. And that is they pinned it all on the New York investigation. They pinned the whole thing on Janine Pirro, this ambitious woman, New Yorker, and that she's after this poor guy. And that is what made him run, made him flee. And then, of course, uh, he was engaged in self-defense slash accident with his neighbor, uh, and then, and then, of course, the reasonable thing to do when you kill someone out of self-defense or accident is to cut up the body and then throw it away. Yeah, because so that makes they're sense. They're going to blame it on Judge Jeanine Pirro. Well, uh, did you I, know? You know did, wait, wait, wait! Quick side note here: yes, some Core TV trivia. Love it. Uh, right before uh, when I made the switch from correspondent to anchor, mm-hmm. I did some test shows with several people. Okay, including Judge Jeanine was in the discussion there. Oh, really? Yeah, very nice, very nice. Uh, she was down covering uh, okay. uh, Casey Anthony, got to know her down there as well. And she's very powerful, but she's, she, was a, yeah. she was a very powerful prosecutor, and I'm shocked that she never brought the case. Okay, now I have a side story to your side story. Okay. Do you remember, because you were there, the going away party for your ex-TV wife, Lisa Bloom? Ex-co-anchor, uh, yes. Yes. So uh, Lisa Bloom's going away party, Judge Jeanine Pirro. She was came, there. She was there. And uh, Lisa was like, you have to put a sari on her. So I was really, you know, kind of starstruck, even as a prosecutor and as a TV person. I mean, more as a prosecutor that I and then she's like, all right, go ahead, girl, put it on. And I was like, I don't want to look at Judge Neen's underwear. You know, like I always have to put the sari on. Wow. And um, she's incredibly fit. But she was very sweet. She just said, do your thing. Put the sari on me. And she looked absolutely beautiful. So we both have uh, Janine stories. But okay, so. Here is what I think. Do we have photos of that to put up on CourtTV.com? <laughs> no, we don't. We don't? <laughs> so uh, in this case, I think, which is very analogous to what they did in Texas, I think they're going to say that it was the movie makers. So the same guys who made that movie with Ryan Gosling, All Good Things, they also made the Jinx docuseries from HBO. Uh, they got some evidence. And they turned it over to the Los Angeles Police Department and the Los Angeles Police Department turned it over to the DA's office. And that's what initiated the prosecution of Susan Berman's death. So I think that's what they're going to go with. Yeah. How do you think that's you received? Like, that's what they're going to go with. Yeah, that's what they're going to go you with. Like right. The defense always goes with something. You know? <laughs> they don't worry so much about the truth. It's more about what they're going with. <laughs> But how do you think that flies with a uh, uh, you know a Hollywood L.A. jury? Do you See, think do you think no, they they are skeptical of of their of their own industry? Yes. Also, yes. 
do I think they're skeptical of their own industry? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think I think this is a real first of all, this is a highly educated jury. This is the airport courthouse. It is a different demographic. Every single juror has at least a bachelor's degree. We have a medical doctor on there. There's an MBA. There is a special, a former, excuse me, a retired uh, special agent with the FBI. There is a nurse. There is a pharmacist. I mean, these are really educated people. Yeah. Really successful people. So I just think it's good. I don't know if you can do that whole Dukes of Hazard, J.R. Ewing, good old boy defense. Yeah, I because uh, that's that was what worked in Texas. Um, to me, it's like if you all these dots can be connected and were connected in the opening statement by the prosecutor. So I, I think you know at this point it's an uphill battle for the defense to try to pick it apart. But I think they've got to come in with these big big issues like the yeah. fact that this case is being made by producers yeah they really? have to do manufactured prosecution it's yeah. totally manufactured prosecution but for jarecki and smirling uh we wouldn't be here and of course the big question uh on everyone's mind will be will robert Durst testify yeah that's a big moment he testified last time and and he doesn't mind speaking especially when there's microphones <laughs> and people listening. So I expect him to testify, but we shall see, and we'll continue to yeah. cover this, of course. In the meantime, up next, I want to talk about what I think is the uh, biggest story in the true crime world that is happening right now, and it's actually happening in Idaho, Rexburg, Idaho. I, I can't believe this. Is the, I, I think, love this story. Yes, it involves a, a, a mother two missing children, and a doomsday cult. That is next. Follow Court TV live over the air, uninterrupted. If you're watching television with an antenna, just rescan your channels now to add Court TV. And go to CourtTV.com to see the exact channel position and more ways to watch Court TV in your area. There is a case, a story that is brewing, and it takes place right now in Rexburg, Idaho, but it has parts taking place in Arizona, Hawaii, Utah. It is um, probably one of the most fascinating stories that I've covered since the relaunch of Court TV, and it involves a woman named Lori Vallow-Daybell, and I say that because this is a woman who's had um, a few husbands. Yeah. And uh, there's many layers to this, but the story begins with two children who are missing, okay? J.J. and his sister, Tylee. She's a teenager. He's younger than she is. And um, Lori Vallow is the mother. And, and all of a sudden, they just kind of stop communicating with their grandpa. Or with his grandpa, J.J., uh, with his grandpa, because he FaceTimes with him sure. all the time. Grandpa gets concerned, and then that's how the case starts as a search for two missing children. And now we've uncovered so oh much more. There You're are more dead people, uh, unexplained causes of death for, it, I don't know where to begin. Do we begin with Chad Daybell? Do we begin well, with... I think you got to start with Lori Daybell, okay? okay. So, so Lori Daybell is married to Charles Vallow. Okay, right, Vallow. Okay, that was first. And, and everything seems normal, according to Vallow. Then uh, Vallow, in his uh, divorce paper, says that 
she started to, you know, she started to get obsessed with this whole whole doomsday cult thing, and okay. things changed, and he tried to get out of the marriage, and things were breaking up, and in the papers, he alleges that she threatened his life if she if he got in the way of her and what she needed to do to prepare for this doomsday. Of being in the cult. Of, of preparing for the doomsday, preparing for the end of the world, which is which, like, which, which is coming like, up. I think it's this July. But is it what is preparing mean? Like I buying a lot know. of dry goods or I, I don't know canned goods. But what I do know, like paper towels, is he's dead. Charles Vallow is dead. But we know who killed him. Alex Cox. Right. Cox? Yeah, Laurie Vallow's brother, who's also dead now. Yes. I'm sorry. I just can't believe this story. This story, you. This is I don't know stranger where... than. Fiction. This is, I can't even believe this is true. I cannot believe there aren't multi, uh, you know, a multi jurisdictional investigation. There into are. All the, what, there but, are. Yeah, there but absolutely wait, are. Tammy, we have to talk about Tammy. Okay. Well, Lori Vallow is married to this guy, Charles Vallow. Her brother shoots and kills him, claims it's self defense. So she's the witness for her brother. But then uh, her and her brother. And the kids, they move to Idaho, and she hooks up with a guy named Chad Daybell. But Chad Daybell, um, before he marries Lori Vallow, two weeks beforehand, he's married to another woman who dies. Was she dies two weeks later? Chad Daybell marries Lori Vallow, and no one investigates Tammy's death. No, but they are now. Right, but why didn't they at the time? Because they said she died of natural causes, she but died. she was a young person. Well, these things happen. No, these things don't happen to young people. I know they don't, but is he, go saying, is he going to order an no, autopsy? Was Chad in the cult before? He's written like dozens of books about all of this stuff. This guy has a so following. Why, did, did Lori move to Idaho because of the cult? I think to be with Chad. But she met Chad before? Well, that's the, that's what we don't know exactly. We we think that there may have been some communications and oh, some oh, coordination from like online, like online sort of stuff, but it's not clear. It's not clear. But what we do Doomsday know, slash match.com. They're both married. Both of their spouses die, and they are married and soon thereafter. Chad has life insurance from Tammy. Yes, he does. Okay, well, that's what I call restitution. That yeah. somebody needs to investigate. Is someone investigating Tammy's death now? Yes, they exhumed her body from Utah. Now, the other part of all oh, of this is um, it, it appears that they're all LDS. Latter-day Saints. Yes. I don't know what that is. I'm, yeah. a, I'm that's a Hindu. The, I just that's the connection. Because Rexburg, Idaho, there's a big Mormon temple. Oh, yes. I didn't um, know that. BYU, Idaho. It's a college town. Yes. That's where that is. Arizona has a very high population of LDS as well. Okay. So there's all these, th those connections to all of this as well. So it it, it creates a little gray area, but... But it, it, it appears from everything that Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow believe the world is ending in July of this year. Okay. Now, your original point was we They're have two missing children. Two missing children. And what is anyone doing to find them? Because clearly Lori and Chad are not. No. Charles is gone. 
Well, I'll tell you who is. It's Grandpa. And Grandpa got this whole case started by, by, by getting a wellness check on the kids. There was a wellness check in Idaho. Lori Vallow said the kids were somewhere else. It, the investigators follow up. The kids aren't there. Then they go back, and then Lori Daybell and Chad Daybell are gone in Hawaii. And then all of a sudden, they are ordered to produce the children. She doesn't produce the children, so there's an arrest warrant. She's extradited back to Idaho, and they're in court. It was all on court tv and then grandpa spoke afterwards take a listen it was a different feeling uh, I, I didn't i didn't know whether to cry or to be happy and i i felt sorry for laurie i felt sorry for her children i, I but I'm, I'm happy that justice is being performed I feel like that we have a long ways to go. This is a marathon. The race is not 100 yards. This is a long-term project. We all can somewhat remember the Casey Anthony case. I parallel that to this, except I think it's a, it's a bigger case by far than that case. So, Seema... I don't want to blow this case out of proportion, mm -hmm. but uh, oh, I don't think the you, grandfather. I don't think you can undersell this. I don't think we can, and I don't think Grandpa can either. the 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 analogy to Casey Anthony to me is right on here mm -hmm. because they're it's it, they're children missing, I think not reported missing, and 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 a mother who is denying this, it all. Well, okay, but and doing well, nothing okay, to number, help. Number, well, that's what I want to talk about. Number one, this is much worse than Casey Anthony uh, because there's just more children involved and more dead people. Uh, now, number two. Do you think there's something the judge should have done at that arraignment slash bail hearing? Because you're saying originally she was ordered to produce the kids. She didn't produce the kids. She was extradited back to Idaho. Now she's in court and everyone is just like, oh, yeah, these are the charges against you. Guilty. Do you understand the charges? Yeah, I do. She's in full makeup, like full television anchor unbelievable makeup okay unbelievable and uh nobody's asking her like oh btw where are your children so isn't there some mechanism that i don't know they could just hold her in jail until she gives some information Yes, but at this point, she's charged with desertion of a minor, obstruction of law enforcement, contempt of court, and criminal Who solicitation is for the kids? of Who's a crime. Who's looking for the kids? Investigators are looking okay, everywhere. Okay, so they are. They are. They're looking everywhere. And one of the places oh, oh, they're looking is the oh. place where they where the uh, Tylee was last photographed, which is Yellowstone, which is right near Rexburg, Idaho, is right at the, the entrance to Yellowstone. Right. Okay, correct. So now Alex Cox, who, um, you know, again, allegedly killed her husband in self-defense she was the witness to that alleged self-defense right now he's dead right of natural causes I, I, another I, young that person one, I'm, not, okay. I'm not clear on well, how he i died. think so that's that's something but the, the bottom line is this is alex cox death being investigated yes okay so alex cox death being investigated tammy's death is being investigated people are looking for this children i think someone needs to um physically torture Lori Vallow. Do yeah. we do that in this country? We don't no? do that in this country. Maybe Here, we should bring it back. But here's the other problem. Bring it back. How, can, how could you compel her to speak now? Now she's a criminal. I'm to physically torture her. Okay. But you can't do that in this country. We know you can't. I'm, I'm not from this country. Sometimes I forget. Yeah. But it, I mean, that's what most people want to do at this point because she's not it's speaking. It's so horrible. And, and she's oh, smirking wait, and in the, court. She yes, was smirking she was as she rolling. walked past grandpa. She smirked. She was eye rolling at the judge. Wait, and the little one. The JJ, he's autistic. Yeah. That that 
That's another that, part of this. That causes me physical pain. But here's the, here's the legal uh, problem that they have at this moment. How can you compel her to speak now that she's a criminal defendant? I don't think you can. How can how you, can, the how only can you way, make her speak? Okay, the only way, the only way is that the prosecution can now plea bargain with the defense because it's just like information. It's just any other form of information. Oh, you know where the gun is hidden. You know where uh, the drugs are. Like it's just another piece of information. Yeah, if but a judge. To, I don't think at this no, point but a the judge can. can. Yeah, I don't think a judge can look at uh, Lori. Uh, Chad Bell, uh, Daybell, Vallo, Ryan. She's got so many last names. Um, You're I right. But You're I don't right. think you can compel her to speak. Now she's a criminal defendant facing incarceration for the charges that we spoke about. And anything she says can and will be used against her. So she has a right to remain silent at this point. But her silence is is the absolute frustration that everyone is feeling and what this is ultimately all about. You're right. And all she has to do is speak to get out of all this, but I don't see that happening, at least not before August 1st of 2020, if the world is still here. Oh, and then we'll check back in with her. Then we'll check back in. Well, this is a case that uh, obviously uh, all every hearing that happens, you'll, you'll see and hear about on Court TV. And this is just the beginning of a very complicated, convoluted factual scenario, but investigations in multiple jurisdictions with, unfortunately, uh, two missing children, and three dead adults. When we come back, we've got a death penalty trial on yes. Court TV, and it involves a really horrific, horrific image that I cannot get out of my mind, which is a single dad with a gun to his head during a robbery pleading for his life and telling the person holding that gun, I have a daughter. And that person squeezes the trigger. And now prosecutors say they have him on trial. We'll talk about that next. For more Court TV, watch it on cable, over the air, Roku, or go to CourtTV.com and stream live gavel-to-gavel coverage. Catch up on the big moments from our current cases and relive some of Court TV's most historic trials. Court TV, your front row seat to justice. And on Court TV, we've got another brand new trial out of Polk County, Florida. It's a it's a very tragic story involving a single father and goes on a dating app. Of mm-hmm. all things, a dating app. Just to go on a date. You're single dad. You, you know, you need to go on dating apps to, to meet people, maybe. I don't know how they do it these days, but he does. Uh, innocently goes bowling and he ends up uh, apparently according to prosecutors being set up and then murdered and yeah. and at the moment that he is shot and killed he's pleading pleading for his life saying I'm a father I've got a little girl shooter doesn't care and uh, this is not any little girl I mean she is one of the cutest kids I have ever seen in my life. She's just like a little bunny. She's just yeah. so absolutely precious. So, and you know, we've been showing pictures of her and her dad and the family and all of Record TV. And when you look at her and you think what, uh, you know, she has to live with now, it's just, it's. And, uh, and what she misses. Yeah, I mean, yeah, dad yeah, is yeah. gone. Dad's not yeah. coming back and she's got to live with this. And now in this case, you've got. Uh, four defendants in mm-hmm. total for the murder. You've got Haley Bustos, the woman who went out on the uh, date with him, and then uh, three men, including uh, Andre Warner, who was the alleged shooter, who's the one that's on trial here 
in the in, of the four cases, his is the only one that's a death penalty case. Yes, but what I didn't know until yesterday is that all of them, all of them, including Haley, who was only 18 at the time, all of them have criminal records. And I believe all of them were on probation at the time for one thing or the other. I cannot even believe that Haley Bustos, and uh, and you see her, she's just uh, this really fresh-faced, youthful young woman and that she in fact orchestrated this robbery turned murder i don't know if she necessarily knew it was a, a, going to be a murder but she knew it was a robbery she facilitated the whole situation and that they all have these criminal records andre warner i believe has the worst record including robberies and domestic assaults uh yeah he's the only one facing the death penalty the other person who went into Adam Hillary's apartment uh, with Andre Warner was Gary Gray, and his case is on for trial in October, but not facing the death penalty. Joshua Ellington was the getaway driver. Uh, we may expect him to testify at the trial, and we are definitely expecting Haley Bustos. Yeah, she has to testify for prosecutors because I think this is a case that um, without her is very, very difficult to prove. She's got the inside information. Uh, she's the one who can tie everything together for them. Um, but I'll tell you what, it, it'd be difficult as a prosecutor to give her a super sweet deal. Mm -hmm. You know, she's 18, so maybe she gets out at some point in her life rather than life without parole. Um, but I don't know how you how, how sweet you want to make it for her. And, I don't, and right now, I, I have no information that a deal has been struck other well, than... We expect her to testify. There's a bit of a curveball, and that is uh, that uh, apparently all of the co-defendants at one point or the other has taken credit for the shooting, including Haley Bustos. So the defense attorneys are planning to call a bunch of inmates, which I love. I love seeing just a, you know, a, a, like a line of uh, what a black and white horizontal striped outfits yeah come I, into court I, it's just it's entertaining it listen it is entertaining so you can have a bunch of inmates are going to say so and so said this to me and then all of these co-defendants who are going to testify they're going to be questioned did you take credit for the shooting and why why would all the, why would Haley bustos take credit for the shooting why would makes no sense why would they makes no sense did, it, 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 it's 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 really a problem now if i'm a you know if i'm the prosecution you know all four to me, are culpable in all this because it's all one common scheme. I think the big question here will be um, if the jury has some doubt about who actually pulled the trigger, um, does that help in the guilt phase or does that only help if we get to a penalty phase? Uh, well, I think if you have, there's four people who are involved in the crime and then you have Haley says, oh, I pull the trigger. Joshua said, I pull the trigger. Gary, I pull the trigger. <laughs> and Andre, it's just, it's so convoluted. Uh, did you ever watch Grey's Anatomy? I saw a couple episodes. Okay, so in did the, not enjoy it. All right. Oh my God, what's not as good wrong as ER. with you? ER was so much. Yeah, better. ER was good. Well, here's the thing. There was this famous, famous storyline where. Uh, all the residents took credit for cutting the LVAD wire. So the boss was like, who cut the LVAD wire? And, you know, Meredith Gray was like, I did. Christina Yang said, I did. I don't know what Krebs an LVAD wire, what it's is it? It's filling to the heart. Okay. And everybody took credit for 
you know, cutting the LVAD wire so nobody would get in trouble. So this is like the LVAD oh, wire. Oh, I see. So that's it's a like, bad thing see? to cut that wire. Yeah. Okay. Like it's a bad thing to shoot someone. Right, right. But everyone taking credit for it. I wasn't following it. I thought they were taking credit for saving someone's life, but no, they actually. No. They all Opposite. took the fall. See, now you see my. I see. My that's a great similar. analogy. Thank you. Appreciate but but uh, that show is been, is still on, isn't it? Yeah, it's so so good. It, it's it so never good. ends. It's but like McDreamy McDreamy died. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, he did. Like years ago. In the, in the series. Yeah. Okay. Now in real life, he's fine. Patrick oh, Dempsey, not good. Thank he's goodness. Doing good. Thank goodness. Onter. Now in this case, Haley Bustos, you know, is the key to the prosecution case. But if she's taking credit for it and she's getting some sort of a deal. Mm. Her credibility can be undermined, and she's the one who's involved with the whole dating app. So, and, and that's something that she can't get around. That's right. That is right. Factually, she cannot get around the dating app. I also think, though, that any deals are going to be open-ended. So when they testify, they will be asked, hey, are you getting a deal? And if, in fact, this is true, that there's no uh, exact deal on the table then she can say, well, maybe I will. It depends on my testimony. And that makes a uh, snitch more credible, right? Sort of, but not really. You don't think so? Wait, be, It's not real. No, be, I, I think it's the same. I mean, for me, if I was a juror, I'd look at it the same way. I, I wouldn't see a really? difference between open-ended is like nudge, nudge, wink, wink, backroom deal. You're not being okay. 100% honest oh, with okay, me okay. versus if the deal is on the record that I know exactly what you're getting. I, I almost find that better, you know, as 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 bad as it is, I almost find that better because if it's open-ended, it's like, well, uh, you know, is, does it depend if they get a conviction and huh. maybe she'll get a deal and maybe she'll spice up her testimony to get a oh, sweeter oh, deal Okay, okay, that makes versus sense. What's, what's, you know. Before we wrap, I want to ask you, why do you think the jurors were asked so many questions about the dating app? Do you think the dating app, like being on dating apps itself, is almost a character in this story? Uh, sort of, but not really. I think ultimately it comes down. It comes down to, um, you know, a bunch of people. Yeah, who, me who too. All have criminal records. Yeah, none me of too. Whom you like and and they use the dating app. Sure. So I, I just I am surprised that the the jurors were asked a lot of questions about dating apps, and I just don't think it really matters. I agree with you. Yeah. Oh wow! What, what did I just say? <laughs> Now we have to go. We now we go. really have to I, go. This, wait, we've been going way too long. Is your blood sugar low? Oh, there's something. I, I got. I, yeah, exactly. Anyhow, folks. Um, Wrap. Thank you so much. We're, we're on television also, in addition to the podcast, and um, it's called Court TV. Okay, Court TV is the name of the network. We are everywhere. Get a digital antenna if you don't have one already. Rescan and scan it and rescan it if you already have one. You can find us anywhere. You can go on CourtTV.com. Uh, to find out uh, in your city where we are located. So it's it's very easy. It's very easy to watch all these cases and these trials. So, But uh, I got to go, Seema. <laughs> so, Thanks ag- for listening. I agreed with Seema. This podcast is a production of Court TV. Go to CourtTV.com for more content, trials on demand, and to find out how to watch Court TV in your area.